We deal in deception here. What we do not deal with is self-deception. you want to go everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came and that place is the movie mixtape and this is episode 55 and my name is dirk joining me as always to my left they're a psychotherapist who has broken every ethical code known to their profession by sleeping with not one but two of their patients (laughs) mikey p can't help it. I can't help it. <laughs> One. How you doing, kids? Nice uh, tribute to Boston there. You know, cheers is very <laughs> yeah. important to us. That's why I did it. That's why I did it. I'm I sorry. Thought. Anybody that's Boston out there, like, I'm not making fun of you. I just, it's a fun <laughs> accent to do. Yeah, for, he is. For me, he's from New York. He's definitely making fun of yeah. you. <laughs> Hold on, Marcy. Can't, Marcy, you can't talk yet. I've not introduced you yet. Um, <laughs> this is just me and Mikey talking right now. That was yes, the yes, ghost. Yes. Sorry. Ooh. For me, for me, as an English person growing mm-hmm. up over here in England, that's what I know of Boston. Cheers. Yeah. A bar what? filled with people drinking beer. Mm. That's what I associate Boston with. <laughs> and yet you've introduced me, Mikey, to a whole new bit of Boston. Okay? Do they teach a Boston Tea Party out there? <laughs> the Boston Tea Party. That sounds lovely. Oh, we'd love that. We'd like that, I think, if that was something that we could attend. Can we do that maybe next year? But joining me to my right. Wearing a bathrobe. They've just thrown a bowl of cocaine on the bed for a prostitute. It is Marcy Dale. Oh my god. <laughs> when are you going to start saying sex worker? That's the official correct, mm-hmm. political correct uh, thing to say now. Oh. I the... didn't know there was politically correct terms for yeah, sex workers. You're, you're supposed to say sex worker. It's it's more polite. Thank, yeah. thank you for that education. I, I certainly would not want to slight sex workers. Okay? Thank you. Let's just make okay. that clear. Yeah. Just making that clear. Some of my best friends are sex workers. Mikey P. <laughs> but this is episode 55. But not just that. If we want to be more specific, and we do want to be more specific, this is the third episode in our undercover mixtape. Ooh, undercover mixtape. That sounds special. It is special. I picked a film, Marcy's picked a film, and this time it falls to the most beautiful man in the room, Mikey P, to pick his movie. Mikey, just tell us what your movie is before we head on. What movie are we going to be talking about later on? To celebrate Killers of Flower Moon, we did our Wolf of Wall Street episode. I was on high off of the Martin Scorsese feels, and we're going to do one of my favorites, The Departed from 2006. The Departed. So come back. In two and a half hours, and I'll have watched it, and then we'll uh, start our conversation. <laughs> How have you two been? I have a gripe. I have a gripe, oh, actually. My goodness. Cross, cross podcast, great. Cross the streams. We're all big fans of the Bat and Spider <laughs> podcast. Chuck, on one of, the, one, of the, one of the episodes, I can't remember which one, but he started talking about eBay Live comic auctions. And I want to know what this was. And all of a sudden, so I follow this um shop out in las vegas the owner 
All right, the drummer from System of a Down is really good friends with Jim Lee, one of my favorite, probably my favorite creator of all time. And so I started following him. He has this comic shop out there. They have this eBay live auction like every Tuesday and Friday. And Chuck was talking about it. I'm like, that sounds cool. Now I get notifications for every single one of these auctions. And I can't help but join. And then you see something there for a dollar. And then you're just like getting the rush. And it's like the countdown. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm buying comics like off of eBay auction. Uncanny X-Men that like I can't let go. And he has sometimes you get a steal for like a slab for like 30 bucks. And I'm like, I, I have to stop. This. this is like a new addiction. You have, and I told Chuck. Yeah. And I was like, he's like, stop doing it. What are you doing? And I was like, you did it. You did this to me. What do you do? What do you mean? Thanks a lot. You've become Adam Sandler from Uncut <laughs> <laughs> I'm parlaying out here over here. The most but important. I got my I got my fourth shipment today. And I was just like, oh, oh my God. How long have every you time been I get, doing it was this? Like, <laughs> like a month it's only been like a month and my fourth four weeks and every time month. i get it i'm like often oh, chuck why did you mention this to me <sighs> what you did you get your you fourth shipment i mean it's like it's it's just like random uncanny i got i got some christmas presents i got uh for us i got ni- for himself no, 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 no. For people, I got a um, like they have a Halloween Ninja Turtle comic. I had to get Ooh, for Mia. Nice. I had to get Aww. for her. So you know, things like that pop up. Sometimes you get it for steal. I'm making friends out there. We're like, hey, I'm, over, I'm here. And it's like, it's like a I whole think new this thing. is I'm Mikey's rush. way of saying he's leaving us to go start a pod with these, nah, it sucks. these people. <laughs> it sucks. I'm at work Mikey. and I'm like, I'll leave it on for two hours. I'm like, ooh, okay. I'll be Mikey, on they're not. They're not friends. They're no. called enablers. <laughs> That's who they are. <laughs> You're my and friends, think, right? You're not enablers, right? Right? Absolutely not. Okay. No. You, I'm so much of an unenabler that you post those comics to me this instant, mm-hmm. and I will keep them at my house <laughs> under the floorboards. Uh, but the most important bit about that is that we now are in a, in a blood war with Bat and Spider. It's official. That's right. And they will never know it. They will never know it. That's what the funny thing is. <laughs> They will know it because we're going to send them a Wolverine comic draped in blood with some cryptic notes attached to the front like, what is it? You went too far or I can see you through the window. I've been not a good vendetta for a while. Mm. It's about its time. They started it. Also. Dirk's heel senses tingling. So he must get back. <laughs> I've not poked somebody in the eye for many a year. And I need it, Mikey. I need it. People think they're nice folks on Bat and Spider, but we've just unveiled to the world they're charlatans. Haven't we? No, I coaxing, them. Come coaxing on, Mikey. Grooming Mikey into the world of comic book auctions sickens me <laughs> to my stomach. <laughs> We're going to have to have an intervention. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's on Chuck's time. So this is his fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what? I'm unsubscribing to Chuck's Patreon right now. No, no, no. Stop that. Stop it. And I'm going to no, no, put no, that no. money into I take it back. a fund to support people addicted to comic book auctions. Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just Mike. Just going to pay you. Just going to pay you, Mike. Uh, Listen, all these... These, these criminals and the departed, they wouldn't have a job if people weren't buying the drugs. Who's who's more at fault? The people buying the drugs or the people selling the drugs? That's what you got to think. Selling the drugs, <laughs> my kings. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Torpedo Comics. 
they're the they're my drug dealer. So let's let's, that, let's talk about well, yeah. That's the comic shop. Well, listen, we may Stop have just it. been talking talking uh, a bit of shit about to- about this whole comic book cautions, but if Torpedo Comics wants to get involved <laughs> with a sponsorship deal, we are more than open to that mm-hmm. idea. And plus, it would help Mikey out a lot because <laughs> he's clearly spending a lot of money at your doorstep. It's yeah, it's not that much. It's just Halloween's coming up. Candy's expensive. Halloween's coming up and you're buying comic books. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Halloween, I, I, I think I showed you guys a picture of Logan's costume that I finally finished where he's wearing the Iron Spider. Uh, what do you call those? Tendrils. Tentacles that it's got coming out. He put it on and he said out loud, it made me so happy, he said, I feel so cool. <laughs> I'm so happy. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's not going he back. So you were cool. worried he was going to not want to wear it. We're all well, good. They went to Disney to do like the not so scary. Yeah. And Mia, I talked about Mia being the perfect Mabel Pines, and uh, everybody was recognizing her because she's a Disney character. And Logan started saying like, ah, maybe I should have been Dipper. I should have been Dipper. So we both we were like the perfect Dipper and Mabel. But you know, we could have maybe do it for a picture or something. I don't know. We have that would stuff. be that should be your Christmas card this year. Oh, uh, uh, oh, did I ruin it? I'm sorry. No, no, no. no <laughs> okay, no, no, no. I'm just say. Yeah, nobody knows it though. That's the thing. I think I we're do. talking. About... Just make I me know, one I then. There's some good love in the 70 millimeter Discord about Gravity Falls. Yeah, but there's a I lot still of. Feel like... We have some friends that wait. You know who likes uh, Gravity Falls a lot is is Neil, and he is British, mm-hmm. so there's no excuse mm-hmm. for Dirk not watching it. Hey, Boston. Is this our Boston? Okay, wait. Can we have Boston Corner? I I already did this for you guys, but let's do it. A a thing for our listeners a give back to our listeners if you would like to talk with a boston accent <laughs> all you have to say is the word khakis like the pants and then you say i lost my khakis and then it's like i lost my car keys in a boston accent <laughs> that works that works let me try out go ahead i lost my khakis <laughs> <laughs> it does work Oh my god! I think Mikey should uh, do the rest of the episode in a in a British accent. <laughs> no, I like everybody Not probably me. tuning. In. New <laughs> listeners are probably like, you know what? I hope they talk well about the departed. I just hope they don't do the Boston accent and they're immediately turning it off. Right. Well, should we mm-hmm. talk about this movie then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey P, this mm-hmm. is your pick <laughs> for our third episode of Undercover yes. Mix. Martin Scorsese's film. From 2006, The Departed, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, <laughs> and Jack Nicholson. Will you grace us with a synopsis? You know what, Dirk Massey, I just want to say thank you for watching <laughs> The Departed. My pick for Undercover Mix. This movie was inspired by the tales of Whitey Bulger, the infamous Boston criminal mastermind. I want to, I want to, you know what, hold on. Hold on a second. I got a, I got a call. Yeah, Dad. Sorry about the tail. I didn't know. What? <laughs> you gonna be late for supper? <laughs> Your friends are still coming. Okay. Hey, hey, guys. Listen, I gotta, go. I gotta go. <laughs> Is that the synopsis? That's the synopsis. I didn't, come on. It was a beautiful. It was a beautiful Boston accent. Absolutely pinnacle. High level. I thought I actually thought I had Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch in my ear, but it was not a synopsis of the movie, Mikey P. 
This could have been another episode I did a Jack Nicholson impression to start off the summary, too, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, told, I chose not to. Well, probably fair reason for that. Do you like with, that he uh, starts the movie with a Boston accent and then immediately drops? <laughs> like, when he narrates the beginning, yeah. and that's it. That's all you get. If, mm-hmm. if there yeah. was a drinking game for every time Jack Nicholson did a Boston accent in this film, you would be stone cold sober <laughs> by, the, <laughs> by the end of it. But Mikey, mm-hmm, yeah. do you know what? We'll figure the synopsis out as we go, right? We'll just yeah, do that. I figure yes? we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk got, about everything. We're we talk got about the everything. joy of the Bostonian accent from your lips. Mikey's smashing his microphone again. Sorry, 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 sorry. Marcy's rolling her eyes at that. I'm sorry. But do I it again. I'm talk, sorry. I, w- I wanted to lead off with one thing because I have got in front of me Mikey P's letterbox review <laughs> for this oh my film god. Oh, and great. i'm going to read it to say? you oh my god what am I it's say? one sentence oh, no. <laughs> the greatest movie of all time <laughs> mikey p discuss <laughs> okay a couple things sometimes you just want to review a movie and say something great about it you want to catch the attention of everybody this isn't the greatest movie of all time maybe it is maybe what? i think it's going to my top four however i will say i've seen this Lion. movie no, 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 no. I've seen this movie so many times that this was a tough week that I wasn't sure if I'd get a watch in. I've seen it so much, I was actually going to just go off the top of my head. And then I'm talking last night. I couldn't sleep, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like throw on some scenes that I like. And I started this movie late, and I'm going through it. I'm, I'm like, it, I can't stop watching it. And I just was end up watching. There's very few movies where I know everything that's going to happen. I'm just still glued to the movie. And this was this is one of them, and so I was happy I picked this. Actually, I ho- uh, what's the experience for you guys? I think it's fascinating that you said you knew everything that was going to happen in this movie because I don't even think, even think Martin Scorsese knew what was going to happen in this movie <laughs> as as it was going through. I watched this movie; it's two and a half hours long, Mikey P. But I mm. watched it for you, and it's a good job. I had that DVD from 2007 because it isn't streaming anywhere near me. This film, mm. it's not on Sorry. enemy TV. It's not on enemy TV boxes. But thank goodness that past Dirk was so sensible and had a DVD of it that he hasn't watched <laughs> for such a long time. Um, I, I was. Can I just say this film is absolutely crackers, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely well, crackers. I want to say two things about that. One, did you not get the the mixtape corporate card? Because you can buy this, buy it. We have like a credit line of credit. Maybe we'll send it to you in the mail. Number two, um, fuck, I, I, the joke messed me up. <laughs> oh, I know what I did. I was watching uh, something Martin Scorsese said once. I heard an interview with him and about like the movie process, and he talks about filming is one aspect of it. And I mean, this isn't something new. This is what directors do. But he talked about the editing process and. You know what? I was watching the deleted scenes, what he took out of the movie. And he talks about um, things that were in the movie that had to melt away. And he and he said that when you're filming a movie and putting it together, it's sort of like clay. You're just throwing clay up there. And you just just the way you make a sculpture is you just start warring away the clay to form, uh, you know, whatever you're sculpting. And I, and I thought, like, the beginning, I remember something in my head. The reason I picked this movie because I was like, this movie's but everybody's dialed up to 11. It's just <laughs> fucking bonkers. But like when I'm watching it again, I'm like, it's really carefully crafted. And the opening scene is really feels f- frenetic. Like almost you have to pay attention to everything. But it's really well done in the sense that I like movies where I have to pay attention to how the story is being told. Because if I'm walking, the hardest thing, I think, especially this day and age, 
is to get people to not look at their phones while they're watching a movie, especially one you've seen a hundred times. And if I'm watching a movie that I've seen a bunch and I'm watching everything, that's telling, I think, in a good edit and a good shoot. So I just want to say I, I saw this movie when I was 16. And we were in a basement, a bunch of us. And we thought we were the baddest badasses for watching this movie. Oh, awesome. I thought you were gonna say we weren't even paying attention. No, to we no, there was a I bunch said. of us, and we just thought we were like like the coolest people alive watching this movie in my friend's basement. And I, I we were all getting our driver's license around that time, or shortly after it, and uh, just jamming to Dropkick Murphy like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> but it's funny that you say what I think is so funny about this movie is it is really entertaining and it is really wild, but feels like almost like a knockoff Scorsese movie. It does not feel mm. like a Scorsese movie. It feels like I was watching a little bit of it again last night with Dan and I was saying like he really like the editing isn't very clean. There's some really loose ends in the storytelling. And it's just funny that this is the movie that he wins best director for and this one's best picture and that's the first time he wins any of that for for this movie and it's such a popcorn movie that it's it's so funny to me because he hates popcorn movies and what they've done to cinema, quote unquote, that that's what he's like won all his big awards for. So I just think it's really kind of ironic, but I love this movie. Um, Like I said, I've been watching it since I was 16, but I had no idea what the hell was going on. And sometimes I still don't know what the hell is going on when I'm watching it. But I just, I don't know. I just remember it in high school and just everybody thinking we were like, the hottest shit because we we thought this movie was awesome <laughs> we watch it all the time <laughs> so that's my uh that's my start with this movie the departed departed the departed so just just for the sake of a stable foundation i'm just going to describe what the basics of this movie mikey all right so we've got matt damon mm-hmm. he plays colin he it Mikey in his microphone. Sorry, he, I'm sorry, he, I'm sorry. He is courted at the beginning of the movie by Frank, played by Jack Nicholson, who's who's a mobster, Irish mobster, who basically becomes his surrogate father, helps Colin all the way through cop school, and so eventually Colin winds up being in state state troopers, right? State police, um, mm-hmm. but is yeah. essentially in the in the pocket of Frank the Irish mobster and provides Frank with all the intel and information so he keeps his operation going. And then we have Leonardo DiCaprio's character who is called Bill. Mm-hmm. Bill Costin. Bill, who is from um, kind of a broken home. His dad worked was from a poorer district and his mum was from money. His dad was an honest man. Um, he passed away. His mum passes away at the beginning of the film and essentially leaving Bill without a family. He immediately, after qualifying or becoming a police officer, is put undercover. Immediately put undercover. Like day one, this <laughs> is what you're going to do. You're going to go undercover with well, the Irish mob. So he is, so he's undercover in the mob. Colin's undercover in the police force. And we later discover other people are doing various different shifty business. Is that right, Mikey? Did I get that right? That was good. And and again, like you got that all from like really paying attention to the beginning. But what I like about how that was told was that you see this rise of Matt Damon's character, whose name's eluding me right now. 
and Colin. he is Colin, and he's going to be he's in the pocket of Jack Nelson uh, of Costello, and he is on the quick rise up. He's going through doing all the things in the police academy. Well, he's graduating, he's getting it assigned, and then for uh, Leo DiCaprio, he's really on like the opposite end where he's trying to be a cop, but everything's stacked against him because his uncle Jackie was a mobster. He was he was tied to to Jack Nicholson's character and the first meeting he has um you know they show Matt Damon walking into uh Martin Sheen and Mark Wahlberg's office and they you know they're they're like peers but then Leo DiCaprio comes in and they basically tell him you're never going to be a cop because of who your family is and they cut him down in ways that like they know all his personal secrets and but also because he's intelligent yeah right intelligent too yeah Mm -hmm. so so that's the other reason they say you're not going to be a cop you're too smart for this you're too smart for this and they also say you know from these two different families so you you were you were prim and proper on the weekdays and then you will then you will low down dirty boston on the week weekends so you've lived this dual life before that's how i they pick him right that's the he's smart and he's able to Mm -hmm. switch it switch up between the different worlds right and he and he has all the connections. Yes, he has That's all the, the connections. connections. So, mm-hmm. so it's almost like if you like, I do everything visually, and I see two paths going kind of next to each other. But then they just branch off at this moment when they both walk into the office of Martin Sheen and and Mark Wahlberg, and this is where they branch off and they kind of weave throughout the rest of the movie. I like how there's just so many scenes where they just kind of like Matt Damon and Leo just kind of almost run into each other, but they don't. And then like I don't know, it's like a huge payoff at the end, but. We'll, I agree. We'll get into it. Huge depressing payoff <laughs> at the end. Spoilers for this movie. But I picked this undercover mix. I think uh, with this in mind, this embodies all that um, that tension of doing something where mm. you are undercover. I mean, Notorious was great, mm-hmm. but I think at the same time they were play- they were themselves. Where Leo really it really affects his whole life and his 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 real life is kind of out of control. And he's doing this. It's almost like these two guys are the only guys that he comes up later on are, that will know what he's doing. And his whole life is now going to be devoted to this cause to bringing down this monster. And it's almost like he gets into stuff and be like, well, why do you keep doing this? And it really is you have to have like this ironclad desire to bring down the crooks for you to to live. Like he's constantly being checked on what his cause is, which I think is Leo, like leading up to this, I thought he was a great actor. Like he was a good actor, but I didn't think anything of it. But it's when I saw this, I'm like, he is. I think he's the greatest actor of our generation. Like I don't, I I love him just because of his ability, but also I know there's stuff about him, you know, Peter Pan syndrome, no, not dating a woman under 25 years old, all that stuff. <laughs> I I do admire that he spends a lot of time talking about climate control and making people more aware of it. But I think he is. You know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is an awful movie, but he's on another level in terms of acting in that movie. It's just something I've never seen before. And in this movie, I feel like this is where I'm like, he really is this movie to me. And I think like he did such a great job of conveying this, somebody that he has a scene with the therapist where he's saying everything in his mind is just like melting away. And he's, he's scared out of his mind, but he's just calm on the outside. And he really portrays that, I think, to me, where he just feels like he's constantly... Like he hasn't slept. Like he is—he's embodying all these feelings. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say what I get from his character, Mikey, 
is after his mom dies, he basically just has nothing to lose. He really doesn't have anything. And so he's like, sure, why not just do this? I have nothing else going for me and I'm not going to be a state trooper because I'm too smart for it. These guys aren't going to let this happen. So sure, why not? Like, let's do this. But then what's interesting is as it's going on, he realizes it's way more than he ever imagined. And that's when he kind of starts like, I don't know if he regrets it, but he starts losing his mind a little bit and he can't handle the stress of it, but he keeps doing it, which is like the really interesting thing. And then right when he's about to get out, like there's this really great scene with him and Martin Sheen. He's like, I promise it's not going to be right away, but I will get you out of this. And I promise. And then we, we all know what happens and we'll talk about that. I'm sure. But I think it's just like this young kid that's like, sure, I've got nothing ahead of me. I've got nothing to lose. And then he's realizing like, I have thrown my entire life away basically to do this like reckless job for what? And then it's just, he's just in too deep. And it's the same thing with Matt Damon. Like Matt Damon's in too deep to ever go back to, whatever kind of um i don't know like redeeming act he could i think matt damon is so good in this movie though too because you don't ever see matt damon really as like the quote-unquote bad guy but he is like probably the most evil person in this movie which is really fascinating to me but i don't know Dirk, what do you think about the leo character like what do you get from it i feel all of i agree with that what you just said but also it feels like it's a search for it is a search for his identity maybe like he goes undercover at that time when he's got no one else like you were saying and he didn't really seem to have a choice did he i don't really feel like he was given an option to not go undercover your first day at work and your two bosses are telling you you're never going to be a state trooper and this is well this is what you can do and he's just trained for x amount of years but it kept seeming to come back to his identity of who he who he was and who he is and that right at the end that's all he wanted back right is that i want my identity and there's a scene at the end that we'll talk about later but he's the sense he, he says multiple times you know who i am you know who i am and he says that to someone else you know who i am and it, so it felt like it was sort of he he was finding himself because he didn't know he didn't know who he was he's from two two different parents two different worlds pretending to be someone else um, and then towards the end of the movie, he's suddenly realizing he can't keep doing that and he needs to find who he is. And that, that's what it felt like to me is a bit of a personal journey through the, the film. Mm. I loved his performance. He's my favorite. Absolutely. Hands down, my favorite part of this film was Leonardo DiCaprio and his performance. And I think I said at The Wolf of Wall Street, I never really, never really um, warmed to him before or felt like I'd warmed to him. I wanted to watch his films. But loved him in this absolutely loved him i thought he was cast perfectly can you imagine like was i was um seeing tom cruise was originally hoped to be in this role it was going to be like <laughs> tom cruise and brad pitt was a producer and he was the one who wanted mm -hmm. to um do the american version of infernal affairs so this is like um based on the hong mm -hmm. kong movie Inf infernal affairs which is like the greatest title of any movie ever infernal <laughs> affairs um but could you imagine brad pitt and tom cruise instead of matt damon and leo i just feel like that's totally off like matt damon and leo are younger they fit the the sort of the age that the demographic i can believe that more i couldn't believe i could not believe tom cruise in this role I think if this was made in 1996 maybe cruise and pitt but because it's 2006 i think damon and leo 
are perfect for it. And I think what's great about this is Leo is getting away from his like young boy dream boat teen dream image, if that makes sense. And I think this is what really kicks him away from all of that. Now, I know he does Gangs of New York and The Aviator before this movie, but he's still, it wasn't like super, I don't know, this is something really different from anything he'd done before. And I think he was trying to get away from Titanic and Romeo and Juliet, like I said, like teen heartthrob. And Matt Damon, I think, is trying to prove he can act. Because Matt Damon, I know he has won an Oscar before this for Goodwill Hunting. That's a really cute, feel good story and all of that. But, you know, what really, like, we know Matt Damon, but like, what has he really shown that he, like, given a chance, you know, to really prove himself as an actor? So I think they're both out and hungry in these roles to prove to the world that they can do this and they're not the thing they're like, epitomized as in in the eyes of like regular people so i really like this movie for both of them because i think they're both doing something completely different and i think this is when both of their careers kind of skyrocket because this is right around the time as the born ultimatum too right so damon is kind of like really kicking off on like this like i'm a cool action star too so that's interesting and I think another element of it, but that's just my two cents. I think it's really interesting the time frame for these two and this movie specifically and what they do with it. Yeah, I'd say Damon, because it didn't feel like Matt Damon in this and, and yeah. it didn't feel like, you know, I, I think my, before I rewatched, I was like, everybody just, I'm in a Martin Scorsese movie and they're going to dial it up to 11. But I felt his, he, it was really thought provoking, like what he brought to the table. And also, like Jack Nicholson, if you hire Jack Nicholson, you're going to get Jack Nicholson, but this one, he, you know, there's mannerisms and I know he improved a lot of stuff, but he's pretty layered. There's a lot of stuff kind of going on behind his face that I think I don't really see in a lot of movies. Um, and I think originally we talking about other casting. They wanted Al Pacino for this movie or Martin Scorsese and he turned it down. Who could have brought that, that craziness to it? But I just couldn't imagine this movie without Jack because he is somebody that is. Uh, got, has charisma with it also. The other actor too that I wanted to bring up that is, I think is a really not a great actor at all. Um, but is Mark Wahlberg. And I thought like his role here, everybody's like, he's phenomenal. I was like, it's just the lines are so good. He does do a really great performance in this. He's really good. So it's like every, even Alec Baldwin, who is just like Alec Baldwin, but he has a great performance. Everybody just has like their best performance is in this movie, I feel like. It just I wrote, down, I, I wrote down when Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin came on. Fucking Alec Baldwin. You felt like you blinked and somebody else was in this movie. Because <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. I didn't well, mm-hmm. I, I honestly didn't know who was in it beyond the main three. And then That's Marky Mark Marky Mark comes in swearing his mouth off, being mm-hmm. the biggest cock in the film. And I was into that. <laughs> but I agree with you, Mikey. I didn't think he gave it like it wasn't necessarily a performance. It felt like he mm. was just joking around and, and, and stuff. Not that I didn't like it. I liked it. Yeah. But was mm. it I think Marcy you, you told me like he was nominated for an Oscar. So for, out of everybody this. in this movie, only Mark Wahlberg was nominated for an acting Oscar. Did you know that? Mikey? That's crazy. That's mad. Out of, I I, you know I, what I, I think happened? We even meant it. I think. Morris, you know what's funny? Is I even forgot this got won the Academy this Award one best for the best picture. I even yeah, that's that. why it was I such forgot. a big deal. Like, it was this, you know what? I'm just like side noting really quick and like why 
I think this was such a big deal winning Best Picture because it is a popcorn movie and normally it's all like art house and like prestige and like I know it's Martin Scorsese but like I said this it feels like the most anti Martin Scorsese. <laughs> it feels like a knockoff Martin Scorsese movie and and it is a popcorn movie so it wins Best Picture it makes a ton of money at the box office and I mean like 16 year olds were going crazy about it. When does that ever happen for Best Picture? I think it doesn't happen again until Parasite then that blows up and that's another thing but it's just really cool to see like how people were watching the oscars that year because they're like is the departed gonna win is course i didn't even really know who scorsese was i was like is he gonna finally win his oscar i had no idea who he was like you know let me yeah <laughs> let me tell you the other nominations for the for 2007 Wait, can, do, you want, do you know them marcy yeah okay for 2000 so it's 2006 it's but the 2007. oscars are in 2007 yeah because mm-hmm. um so it is also babylon or Babel. Ba- Babel, yeah. Babel. Um, Letters to Iwo Jima? Yeah. Uh, shit, what are the other two? God, I it, it's like ones that don't matter. Hold on, let me think. Oh, wait, really? Hold, Is that right? No, 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 wait, wait, hold on. Favorite films there in the What Doesn't Matter category, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think the acting awards that year. Give me like, Tough. give me two minutes. I got three out of the five, so give me two. Yeah, so were you acting? So you're going to cut this out and make it seem like you just knew them off the yeah, top of your head? Yeah, I am. We know that. Okay, wait, hold on. I want to think of the acting awards because. So, Mikey, do you know them? Do you know what Marcy's hawking this segment? The isn't Queen. She? The but Queen you... is the other one. Correct. Okay, and then there's, and there's one, one more. more. Marcy took the time out then to Google. No, I didn't. And I, come back. My hands are empty. Oh, <laughs> I think we all know you're wearing Google glasses. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't feel like wasting more time. What's the What's the last one? Little Miss Sunshine. Oh shit! Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it is my favorite one out of the. <laughs> that's what I mean. That was my favorite one. Looking at the list, I mean, apart from the Departed, Mikey. Now that's one one a place. Are you impressed my heart. though that I got four out of the five? Honestly, Marcy, no. Okay. Because I expect perfection. <laughs> Right, Nobody you? was going to get letters to Iwo Jima, but I got it. <laughs> I, could, I was so glad you got that because I had no idea how to say it. It's a, it's, it's <laughs> a World War re- II movie by Clint Eastwood. Mm. It's- okay. <laughs> Again. So where were we? We were talking about um, it's a popcorn movie. Yeah. Marty was shot. So it just is like yeah. it's so big in the culture because, I mean, if you're getting a bunch of high schoolers to watch a Best Picture winner, something's going right, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. But um, no, I think what happened with the acting awards, I I think they probably ran Leo for lead. But I bet Nicholson, Wahlberg, Damon, they were all canceling each other out. So only one got in. That's what tends to happen when there's a lot of good oh, performances. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard for everybody to make it in. And then and then what happens even if they do make it in is like they like so like a couple of years ago, there was the power of the dog um, which is the Jane Campion film. So Benedict Cumberbatch got nominated for lead actor, Kirsten Dunst, Kirsten Dunst for supporting actors, and then supporting actor Jesse Plemons and Cody Schmidt-McPhee. But I think Cody Schmidt-McPhee and Jesse Plemons canceled each other out, and then you get the guy from CODA winning. So I think what happened when people were voting is just – it was like, who do you vote for? But I cannot believe Nicholson did not get nominated because – I mean, he's a celebrity, like, royalty, and I think this is, like, honestly his last good performance. He's in some... uh, He's retired now, officially, but the last... And he's not. What? 
Yeah. And he's not he's not full Jack mm-hmm. in this. He's actually mm-hmm. trying to act a little bit yeah. as well, I think. Yeah. So in, in it, I, I liked it. I liked his performance. I didn't feel like he was I didn't feel like it was terms of endearment when he just turned up as Jack Nicholson. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. very definitely I'm trying to act here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, even the one he won the, for the uh, as good as it gets, I feel like that was just Jack whatever. Nicholson. I'm That's sorry, fine, Derek. isn't it? I didn't you know, know I can't do a Boston accent. So but I suppose you know what? I'm not an actor, okay? So Jack Nicholson, you should have done it. I've come round to the idea you should have done it. Um but it's a bit like the Wolf of Wall Street, Mikey, for me. The performances pretty much nailed this film. I mean, I believed yeah. all the performances. Matt Damon has that little sni- sniveling <laughs> man. I, I o- do, awful, awful human being. I do want to say that Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon are both from Boston originally, and they are giving their those two are giving the most overtop Boston performances in my mm-hmm. opinion. I don't all know right. if they're like we have to represent our hometown or what. Yeah, they're both. All right, Marky Mark grew up in like South, whatever. He had the rough life. Matt Damon had like he was probably the suburbs of Boston. He was probably like Cambridge and stuff like that. They they grew up very differently. I know, but I know what you're saying. Like Mark Wahlberg, I saw an interview and he was like, um, yeah, he did have that. It's great to play somebody from Boston. The only difference is I'm playing the cops that used to arrest me. Mm-hmm. Now I'm playing the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I. And also, he had fantastic hair, Mike and Marky Mark in this film. You really did. I could not really get. Did could not look past it at some points it's just yeah. so beautiful so we didn't mention you know, like, can i mention one other person in this movie and i actually really like love this character and i love that it's a, a female that gets something to do in a martin scorsese movie but i love vera yeah. formiga a lot and i know yeah. that her her accent cuts in and out throughout the movie <laughs> but i think she's really great she's actually i was telling dirk this the other day but she's one of my favorite actresses i really love her a lot if we can get dirk to watch the first conjuring i'll be really proud of us but uh love her i love that she has so much to do and i love that she's like stuck in the middle of these two men and they don't like you know what i mean like how they kind of keep almost crossing paths she's a big part of that but she um she's pretty badass i think i think she has terrible taste in men but she is she's pretty cool in my opinion other other than her bad taste in men (laughs) (laughs) well i even like if we can talk about her it's another way that because i I don't know if you were trying to say like a popcorn movie that makes a bunch of movie isn't like a well-made movie and it was like trying to be a ripoff of a scorsese movie i thought there were a lot of decisions that were made that was in its own right like a a well-made movie where you couldn't redo this they're talking about remakes I don't think you can do anything to remake this movie better. One of the things that I liked too was continuing the theme of like Matt, the difference between Matt Damon and Leo's character is when he, when Veer comes into play and Matt Damon's has this interaction with her on the elevator and it's pretty, he's, he's flirting with her in a, in a pretty charming way. And it cuts to Leo who's having his arm uh, in a cast and and I think he looks at the the person doing making the cast for him as if he she's like his age and he's looking at her like he's going to say something but he just can't. And then it comes back to Matt Damon who's at this date with this this psychiatrist. He's charming her and it's just like the difference between these two characters. There's so many similarities, but they're like polar opposites of each other. I and I want to say one thing about Matt Damon and and him in this movie where you just know he is like the ultimate scum and bad guy. He's trying to hit on any woman that will give him the time of day and it just happens to be that Vera Farmiga is the first one to actually pay attention to him that he gets noticed by her in the elevator but if you look he's like eyeing up women left and right trying to get noticed trying to be like I'm a tough guy 
and he finally gets one um and we i think we kind of find out that like he's really not like when they go on their date if a guy talked to me like that on a date i would get up from the restaurant and be like okay goodbye this is not great but never call me again thank you um and (laughs) i don't know was it the bit when he said he would just arrest innocent people well, that and and, just... and he's like, why, why, why would you think I was going to take you out again? And it's like, even as a mm-hmm. joke, sir, that is like, you're coming off pretty strong in a bad negative way here. Um, but like when the dessert comes out, too, he's like, I'll shoot it if I have to. Or like, oh, my God, it just was like so much. But I think he's really bad with women. And we find out why, because something's going on in the bedroom. Um, I'm not 100% sure what it is, but not I'll do so- I guess something is not going on in the bedroom. Yeah. But it is the thing. It has to be because he thought he was the dad at the end. He so something I think at some point. Yeah, at some point it has. has, but at other points it hasn't. Yeah. Well, I think there is subtle undertones too of that, and with Jack Nelson, Nicholson. Um, but there is something with him too where he, I think, is supposed to come across that he's actually gay. Somebody makes a comment to him that he's Leo. I think to insult him says he's gay, and he has this reaction where he knows he was overcompensating for something his his real his realness and that's another that's i think within the undercover idea that he was actually living a a different life i've never heard that before i actually really like that because even in the beginning when they're playing rugby and he's like saying all the slurs to the Mm -hmm. firemen like people that tend to do that actually are but they're trying to Mm -hmm. like mask that they're not by saying something like that so that's actually like really like Ooh, I'm going to watch this movie in a whole different perspective the next time I watch it. So that was really cool, Mikey. Thanks for sharing. It's, it was hard for me to get past the fact that the psychotherapist absolutely was the worst psychotherapist in the history of the world. <laughs> sure, yeah, she Be- was. Because you cannot sleep with your patients. Mm-hmm. No matter when she comes out and she says, I'm giving you to someone else. Too late, love. Too late, love. You've already been his psychotherapist. You are not able to sleep with him and certainly not able to sleep with a cop when you when your whole job is to be a psychotherapist to cops. It's ridiculous. That bit is absolutely ridiculous. That feels like somebody's written that part and hasn't at all understood anything about the world of medicine. But well, I think it's like the whole idea of like a cops, like they were all doing something that they shouldn't have, but just for a, yes. a different cause. Yeah, and yeah. Like even she was, she talks about how she just wants to help people, even if it's without the rules. She wants to help she, people. She, she even, I mean, she passes him the pill for Vicodin when he starts talking about or whatever yeah. it was. I'm Valium. amazed she wasn't fired. Yeah. Amazed she wasn't fired because people know that she was in a relationship with Matt Damon's character, right? Mm-hmm. They know that because she's there. She's pregnant towards the end. How are you not fired? How you would be? Wait a minute. She wasn't a, not only he was fired. A, he, you would be banned from working. He wasn't a client. Again. All right, you listen to me, he Vera. Was a client. That character, <laughs> you would have been fired, mate. <laughs> Did you like the no, character? No, I did like though? her. Yeah, yeah, okay. I did like her. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I did. Really, I thought she was. No, good there's, there's I thought so she was good again. Yeah, I. There's just so much ridiculousness in it that, like, even how they're all acting, all the men in this movie, it's just kind of like that's part of the popcornness of it. Like nobody took the time to actually do the research on how authentic this actually is. Um, so that's the popcorn element of it to me is it's just an entertaining movie that oh we're gonna have the therapist in a love triangle with these two guys like that's the like popcorn element you know what i mean like whether it's a good yeah. idea or no, I, 
I understand. It would have worked if she wasn't a therapist. I think you're right. It would have been better if she wasn't a therapist. She just was tied to these two guys for some Uh, reason. Yeah, I mean, I'm not getting that. I mean, that's just don't worry about that. You know, it's 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 a film where lots of people (laughs) make terrible decisions, like you said, Mikey. I think that's entirely Mm -hmm. in keeping with everybody else's bad decisions. So I was I understood I understood its position in the film. That's fine. And she was great. She's a great actor. I actually and you could really see how people how how people would would I don't know. But you could see how people would fall for her, but that's ridiculous because, of course, they're going to fall for her because these guys are absolutely messed up as well, aren't they? <laughs> that, that, I, I mean, one yeah. of the I loved the bit with sorry, Marty, I loved the bit with Leo in her office, and he, he's like, "Oh, you, you talk to cops," and she explains, "Oh, yeah, you know, we have to talk to a cop." Blah blah blah, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, I know." When they fire their weapon, let me tell you, all these guys signed up to fire their weapons. I loved that mm-hmm. scene. That was so yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And so true yeah. that that felt like a real moment of honesty in it. For sure. Well. Yeah, I was gonna just say that I actually think her and Liu have really good chemistry, and like yeah. that's when you're just like waiting for those two to just make it happen, and they do, and it's a pretty hot scene. Uh, but- it's a hot, <laughs> bloody scene. But it's just funny that like she, you know, she doesn't know his real situation or whatever, but she's with Matt. Damon, even though she doesn't really want to be, but that looks better on paper. She's with the guy with the professional job, not the guy that's been to jail and got kicked out of the stadies or whatever. But her real chemistry is with Leo. But I, I really like their scenes together. I like like their sexual tension and fighting with each other. It's just like, when's this gonna happen? Because you know it's gonna happen eventually. And <laughs> I love um, you know, like when obviously when I was younger, I didn't understand the whole like that Matt Damon whatever was going on with him that totally went over my head but i love you know as you get older and watch this again you realize oh that's leo's baby at the end of the at the movie and i i was gonna ask is it or is it for sure or is it definitely leo's it's definitely leo's baby yeah that's what i was wondering and then also what what happened to it too like if he had the baby or or if she had the baby i couldn't tell that i think probably she she did yeah but just not i think she was still pregnant yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure she just wants Matt nothing to do with Matt Damon, and he is trying he's, to grasp at straws in that scene. And he's like, "What about the baby?" And I think he knows it's not yeah. his as well. But he's trying to get like she is the one person left alive that knows his real story. Yeah. And I don't know if he's trying to either get her back to be with her or to manipulate her so she doesn't tell anybody about it. Um, but that's his like last shot at like, you know, whether it, he knows it's his kid or not, but it's definitely Leo's kid. And my theory is she keeps it because to honor Leo and what relationship she, and probably her guilt that she, you know, she kind of (sighs) treats him like nothing, but she had no idea what he was really doing like that whole time and everything. But I don't know. That's just my theory. I I really like Vera Fumiga in this movie a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Mikey, what makes this, for you personally, top four film of all time? Well, I will say some of the things that Martin Scorsese did, he did, um, he won for this, he said. And there are certain things that he did that I love when there's subtle nuances that you don't really catch the first time. But if you notice the use of color in this movie, where um, Jack Nicholson, let's say red and blue is used throughout this movie, and blue represents the cop side and red is the bad guy side. Um, like Jack Nicholson, when he has the scene at the opera, it's like totally lit in red. And, um, the phones that Leo use, I don't know, he has two phones, one to the cops, which is outlined in blue. 
and the red phone, which is to the bad guys, is a red phone. And the way, if you notice, Jack Nicholson wears a lot of purple in this. And purple's significant because it's a mix of those two colors. So if you pay attention, mm. he's wearing like a purple lavender suit. He's, he has like, um, I forget what, I should have wrote all these instances down. But the idea that purple, because he is playing both sides and mm-hmm. he is taught, because you find out later, he's talking to the feds. He's also the bad guy. There's a scene also too, when we talk about Vera, that um, she, when she starts connecting with Leo, she's wearing purple. And so it's sort of like she's, that's when she starts having a relationship with both the blue and the red. And I love those ideas that people put in. There's also the symbol of X in this movie where every time, right before somebody dies, there's always like an X that appears somewhere. Like um, the only thing I can think of right now is Matt Damon in his carpet. Like when he walks into the apartment, there's an X on the floor and he's a, before he gets shot at the end. There's a shot before Leo. The, the lighting is like an X on the back of the wall and these subtle nuances that Martin I mean, through all this chaos, everything you have to do to think like we're not going to make it obvious. We're just going to have this subtle thing that I started realizing it maybe on like the twentieth watch or something like that. Um, the reason why, like an undercover mix, this this encapsulates that idea of going undercover and your whole life is devoted to. When you guys talked about the prestige, it's like your whole life is devoted to a cause. And it was um, what's the, the scene I really love talking about the cell phones was when they start crossing over because for the whole movie, they sort of have their separate lives and parallel to each other. But when they start crossing at an intersection, it's, it's compelling. And that, uh, starts with this phone call where after, um, Martin Sheen's character dies and he gets a phone, Leo gets a phone call from Martin Sheen's phone and he picks, and you're like, what would you do in this situation? And he just picks up the phone Mm. and they both don't say anything. And that moment of silence yeah. of when they're just like, we know what we're who we're talking to right now, and they both hang up. That scene was like really great to me. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, because I was in that moment, and I was like, what yeah. would you do in that moment? So Martin Sheen's the captain who's been his handler. So Martin Sheen's character and Marky Mark's character are the only two people in the world who know that Leo is undercover. Um, Martin Sheen's just been murdered, thrown off a building. Thrown off a massive building, and then Leo did out. Leo checks his pulse. <laughs> I was going to bring that just up. to be just to be safe, just to make sure he was dead. And then Marky Marks just gets. I mean that that was a bit. I was a bit like, what? He's just literally just been fired because his boss got thrown off a building and he was pissed about it. <laughs> that was weird. Um, but there's a good payoff to that at the I end do, as well, isn't there? I do really Go like on. though the scene after like um Marky Mark. Oh God, I'm sorry, Dignam or whatever. He gets like you know kicked out. Dignam. Um, and Matt Damon's like, I need those codes. I need those codes. And actually, I think my <laughs> favorite delivery from Alec Baldwin is, "No, you want those codes." And it's mm-hmm. like you realize Alec was great in this film. You think so? Yeah, I think he. I really did like. He him. is yeah, yeah. so tampered for me forever. Because have you ever seen Thirty Rock? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know of Thirty Rock, yet another so, American thing that I've not watched. I, that you I'm sorry, but adore. like he plays Jack Donaghy, his, <laughs> his Tina Fey's boss, basically like running like NBC over here in America, and I just that's all I see now. I see Alec Baldwin. Sorry, <laughs> but we're getting back to what I was talking about, uh-huh. Mikey. All right, for a second. <laughs> But but so so that's why I'm in that moment. So the person, the main person who, who knows who he is, is dead. I suppose he doesn't know Mikey Mark's been fired, but he certainly does not know who is calling him. 
And I'm like, mate, don't answer that phone. Do not answer that phone. Uh-huh. Just pack your bags and go somewhere else and just, just get out. That's all you can do now. But he, do, he does answer it. And I was like, well, what is Matt Damon going to say now on the end of the phone? And I was, I thought he was going to be like, right, I'm coming to get you. I know who you are. But he plays it the other way, doesn't he? He's, yeah. smarter, he's smarter than me, Mikey. He's smarter <laughs> than me. I didn't see it coming either. Yes. And he plays it. We're bringing you in. Don't worry. And he plays it the good guy. And I thought it was the tension there was was off the charts. It was brilliant. That was a really great set piece. Loved it. I did like that too because Leo. I forget Leo. Leo doesn't know who he is, and he gets he goes mm. into the police station. They're talking back and forth, and I'm like, "Whoa, this is wild!" They've been chasing mm. each other forever, and they don't know it. And then when he sees that envelope, the citizen's envelope, and he just kind of leaves, and uh, all that yeah, just gets out there. I tell you what, what did confuse me. So we're getting, we're talking a little bit towards the end. You know, everybody's dead. <laughs> no, not everybody's dead. Yeah. Um, Leo's left out. He wants to come back in, but his handlers are dead or gone. Um, but he's got this package that he gives to Vera. The not her name isn't Vera, but that's the actor actor's name. Mm-hmm. He gives to the psychotherapist and says, "Something happens to me." You know, this yeah. is yours, but nothing comes of that, right? You know, I mean, because something does happen to him. Spoilers. Yeah. Something happens to him. Well, I was but more then, confused. Why wouldn't you tell her? <laughs> why yeah, wouldn't you like, tell her all the time? Why well, you wait why? till something happens? <laughs> I'm like, why? And then that bit was really weird because he gives her that package and says, if something happens to me or you don't hear from me in two weeks, open it up. But then that's not even the thing that reveals Matt Damon's thing. He gets it. There's another package that arrives. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that was a bit convoluted. Could yeah, that's what I mean. There's some, there are some things that just don't add up for me like that. But I do really like, and this is how you know it is Leo's baby, because she's about to tell him. And then he sets his fate by saying, hey, if it's that important in two weeks, you can tell me. And of course, you know what that means. Oh, like. Oh, I didn't, re- oh, I I didn't pick up that. Yeah, yeah, she's that. like, hey, that. I really want to. And he's uh, like, in two weeks, you can tell me. I, I thought I she was going to just say, I really love you or something. But you you have gone beyond yeah. that. Mm. You've took a step through the curtain and realized it's, it's about the baby. It, it's well like I've seen this more than one time. Yeah, wild. More than one time. <laughs> Incredible. Well, what I, that will I, do I want to say about the, the envelope and Leo's like contingency plan was... I. The weird, the oddest thing to me, and I want to know what you thought about, was she didn't have to do anything with his envelope because Matt Damon. They have the scene where he captures Matt Damon, and Matt da- and what's great that whole thing. Matt Damon checks him every single time. You're going to go to jail. All this stuff, and he's like, I don't care. You're going to jail. He's like, J-, and then he's in the elevator, and he's like, just shoot me, mm-hmm. just end my life. And and Leo's like, I am ending your life. Like yeah. everybody's going to know what you can. Did. I see um, my theory really quick. I think they have that scene though with him giving her that envelope, so he does get to say goodbye to her, even though they don't know it's going to be the last time that they see each other. Um, I think he just wrote it all down and told her the whole truth. I think that's his way of being honest with her when he finally can be. And he's saying, when it's safe, this is like, wait, like, it'll be a safe time for you to read this. That's my guess. But it's just, but, but it's, a, but it's a, a script writing conceit. There's mm-hmm. a way to get the two characters together so they can have it's a like the MacGuffin. There mm-hmm. we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. That's probably, that works. Mm-hmm. Cause you are like something that we're going to know something happens at the end, but we don't have, she doesn't have to be the one that goes to, exploit the the story because matt damon for whatever reason he says the truth about william costigan and like he says 
on right he's like on record i want i'm recommending him for the medal of merit he's the one that he was our informant he did so much for us and he could have just been like listen he he's coming i saw him i was going to arrest him these two guys came and we got in a gunfight and that's what happened i'm a hero he didn't have to do any of that i was kind of confused on why matt he he would exonerate him and just kind of say this is the truth about about leo Hmm. i don't i don't know why but it it served as a way for um bill leo's character to have his identity back and so there was that for a very depressing ending so in this end everybody dies um well the most depressing ending is that nobody knew what what leo did that would be the most depressing ending and exactly yeah i i started thinking this 50th rewatch was that matt damon was actually thinking like he's actually i wish i could have been like leo I, that's the cop he 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 could have been very much there's so much of each other in them leo leo dicaprio i kind of disagree what we were talking about in the beginning where he had nothing to lose he didn't have to be a cop he could have been in costigan's uh and costello's gang like full time he didn't have to be a cop undercover he could have just gone that way and but like he always was driven by this personal conquest to do the right thing and I feel like Matt Damon at that point was saying, I wish I could have just been like him and just done the right thing. And I think that's why he's like, I, we should, this is bullshit that this guy just died and nobody's going to know. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going to honor Can I be cynical? <laughs> yeah. I think he says that because then it's a bigger story. So there's less on him media wise. So he gets away with it better. If there's this bigger story about this hero cop, mm. that was... Mm. undercover the whole time died tragically mm. but then we got costello's rat quote-unquote with the other guy james badgedale so he's getting the heat that's off him a little bit is my that's opinion. interesting i think i think matt damon is the biggest snake in this movie i don't think there's anything i think once he gets sold by frank in the beginning as a little boy that's it like there there's no going back for him that's my opinion but he even turns on frank like he says i know you're snitching to the feds he's looking out for himself I thought he's, like that's what he's out i thought he's going to take over the gang then or something i guess there's no, no gang i left, think at I that point he like realizes like well how can i make me the hero frank might have been screwing me over this whole time let's kill frank i'm the big hero my only big thing though is like why does he answer frank's phone he's like gwen uh frank's not coming home is that to like get the other guys off of his tail that he didn't kill frank or like i don't know like it's so weird like yeah it could have been like he's like also he he got real for that minute or he's like this is my family actually too and like even though i shot him i shot my quote-unquote my dad like that's we're all gonna mourn for this he was part of he was our patriarch of our real family he did so much for him and that's like going back to leo too like he did have an out even like um this is something I thought of I wanted to say was that when he was have, I think Jack was trying to help Leo because he says, you know, your your uncle would kill me. Your dad would kill me if he saw me talking to you right now. And um, Leo's like, well, what are we talking about? He's like, did you think about going back to school ever? And Leo's like, what are you talking about? Like school? And he's like, it's time for you to wake the F up. And I think that was Jack saying, like, I kind of don't want you he's he's reflecting on it. he's like i don't want you to go this way of life and what if i put you through school and you can like live on the straight and narrow like you like your dad did and that was another chance he could have had where costello pays for him to go to school or stuff like that not and, and that's what's interesting too neither one of these guys martin sheen or jack nicholson knew who their rat was they were the only people that never figured it out who the rat in their in their departments were or in their in their families mm-hmm. and it feels like a tale as old as time that the game is rigged because you've got people, you've got the police who are actually in the pocket 
of the mob. Mm-hmm. You've got the mob who are who have who have somebody in there working for the police, and then you've got the head guy who's actually working with the FBI. So who who the, every no everybody is kind of in this perpetual cycle of self preservation. So it is rigged. So there's there's no losers there in the big characters, and the only people that lose are the grunts. Mm. And the and the working stiffs and all those people who 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 are killed in the line of duty when really Frank can work with impunity because he because he feeds the FBI. So you know that's what it, that's the message I kind of got from the end mm-hmm. is that it's so it's so immoral. Mm-hmm. This whole thing is just there. There is there are no heroes. Even though the Leo character, you know, for me, I do feel like he was heroic, mm-hmm. um, but. I don't know. It is like there is no way to win. There is no way out, really. Once you're in yeah. that life, you're locked in. But that's why you get that great ending with Mark Wahlberg because he knows he knows Matt Damon is the rat, but he knows that the law is not going to do anything about it. So he takes the law into his own hands, and that's why, like, it is kind of a cool payoff. Like, yeah, you know, like. Justice is served, but in a very vigilante, illegal way. <laughs> and it's kind of makes sense of that scene where he does get fired and he goes, you fire me? Yeah, I'll fire. I'll walk out of here. And he's like, and he, he just goes and we never see him again. Mm-hmm. And it felt a bit like, oh, that's, is that all we're going to see of, of Marky Market? But because he's actually, turns out, pretty smart and has worked out the whole thing and then has got the big payoff at the end where he's not going to let Matt get away with it. I loved him in his slippy shoes, his <laughs> his little things he puts over his shoes when he goes like, into the side of the swimming pool. Doesn't even wait for him to close the door. He's just like, nah, like see you later. I was like, I'm pretty him. sure there's cameras in those hallways, so. but okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I, but I, I do like how exactly what you said, Dirk. Like Martin Scorsese, even I was reading, trying to read some interviews at the time, and he just didn't do it because he was like, I'm burnt out of this movie. This there's no moral lesson here. It's just like this is just like awful stuff where it's people that do these things and everybody around them, the whole city of Boston kind of suffers. And this is, I I said it in my dumb summary, but a lot of it was based off of Whitey Bulger, who was like the biggest Boston crime boss of like all time. And the reason why like nothing happened in Boston, unless Marty Bulger, uh, Marty Bulger, Whitey Bulger had a hand in it. And he was like this big crime Lord. And the reason why he never got caught was later find out he had like he was like an he was an FBI informant, and so a lot of it was based on that. And he just um, he kind of created chaos in the city of Boston. I think that was the inspiration for that, and that's what this is about. There isn't this is just there's who's you're right. Leo's the winner here, but really, like, what were all these people doing? I think it's like but if, it goes. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go I was just going to say, it's just like Wolf of Wall Street. Like, there's this problem yeah. in this country, right. but we can't really do anything about it. I can bring your attention to it, but there's this right. sickness that we have here. And it's just an endless cycle of maliciousness and violence. And really, the regular people are the people suffering because of it. But this country operates on that. So, no, it's not ever going to change. Like, you know, we're stuck mm. in this cycle. At least mm-hmm. we get a good female character. Mm. <laughs> no, I think the story is just, like, way more more entertaining than Wolf of Wall Street, in my opinion. But it, I think that's just Marty's message. Like, you know, that's what America is. Like, we're not going to ever get out of this, basically. Yeah. 
I do I do find it strange that this was this was too much for him. Like in post production <laughs> when he was editing it together, it's just like, <laughs> oh no, it's too depressing. I, I I can't I can't do the press junkets for this because it's just such a downer. Like, mate, this is like this is what I think of when I think of Martin Scorsese films. Mm, like mm-hmm. like I yeah. said before, Mikey, bad people doing bad things on the Wolf of Wall Street episode. So it, it's it's shocking in a way to me that this has that resonance within him, that this is even a step too far, that there was no redemption. There's no redemption, I think, much to the chagrin of uh, the movie executives because I think they were most put out that everybody died at the end and could have yeah. done with Matt Damon surviving so they could have done The Departed, The Return, <laughs> or something like that. Well, that was a conversation that they were trying to do at The Departed. Yeah, but, but like... It's in, but but I, I I'm trying to understand, put myself in this world famous director's headspace of what it was like. Why was this one too much? Why was this one too much? Because I mean, it bummed the shit out of me. This <laughs> ending, like, really bummed me out. And <laughs> I'll tell you why: it's Leo dying. Leo's Leo's yeah. death was was of surprising, course. and it's also like, man, he did so much, and it, and that feeling of nobody's gonna know. And that's why I was like, wow, Matt Damon at least gives it some sort of heroic ending for him but like let's say he didn't do that it would have just been like what did leo do all that for like honestly well that's why i think beer is gonna keep the kid yeah and how she's how much she is sobbing at that funeral she is feeling extremely guilty for not knowing i think like it it all crashing down on her at that funeral i think technically like she is like she could be the hero of this movie because she knows the truth about everybody now and she could you're shaking your head, mm-hmm. Dirk. Why are you? No, because she, she is <laughs> no, not the hero it's because over. it's absolutely immoral to sleep with your patients. So she is not the hero <laughs> at all in this movie. There is no way around <laughs> that fact. If you're a psychotherapist dealing with mentally unstable people and you fucking sleep with them, that is a step too far. Not only sleep with one of them, sleep with two of them. She is not the hero, Marcy. Great character. But ain't the hero in this story? Canon Hollywood. I will say, uh, <laughs> I will say, Matt Damon never saw her for counseling. And to Leo, she said she transferred him to a different counselor when they started. Doesn't matter, him. Mikey. <laughs> Absolutely does not matter. One hundred percent does not matter. And she's employed by the police. So, like for example, Mikey. Mm-hmm. Let's say, mm-hmm. let's say somebody was a doctor, right? And they had a list of a, a few thousand patients, and there was one patient on their book, but they never saw them as a patient. You cannot sleep with that person. You cannot sleep with that person. So all the police are her patients, mm-hmm, all of them. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. even though she doesn't see them, she can't sleep with any of them. Gotcha. All right. I, I, and also, there's that phrase, Mikey: "Don't shit where you eat." And um, she could. She was a. She was. She's a beautiful woman. Clearly, could have got a boyfriend somewhere else. All right. I was just trying to help Marcy because I wanted to be like, "Yeah, she's the hero," and it's not a typical Martin Scorsese character. It just gets so wet. Her power is sleeping with people. <laughs> That's what I was trying to do. There is no heroes in life, are there? <laughs> You're, you guys are my heroes. Did anybody have anything else that they wanted to say about this movie? I, I really like we- Martin Sheen. I don't think we talked enough about him, but I, I think he yeah. gives a really good performance. And, I, and he may be I the hero. Corrected, but Ray Winston, I think, is very good as Mr. French. I actually think he is hilarious in this movie. And I love yeah. the scene when Leo's like, 
is his name really Mr. French? And like, I just love Jack Nicholson's <laughs> looks at him. Like, are you are you fucking with me? <laughs> like, I don't know yeah. if you're fucking with me or not. When when Ray Winston turned up in this film, I did a little shimmy on my seat. I mean, he is the least Irish person I've ever seen in, in my entire life. So he is a proper Cockney Ray Winston. So the fact that he is pretending to be an Irish Bostonian is is absolutely a feat of of magic. I I love when he's in I, that interrogation. I love his like, chemistry with Jack in this movie too. Like even in the beginning when they kill those two people, and and Jack's like, "Ah, oh, she felt fun," and he's like, "What is wrong with you? Like you need some." Like he's <laughs> he's the only one that's like not afraid to tell him the truth. And I do really mm-hmm. like their scene where like they're talking about how you can't trust anybody, and he's like, "I'm reliable." And and I yeah. think they have a genuine f- friendship and chemistry. Um, I really like those two together. <laughs> he does get shot, and he's like, "I got shot." I think that scene always makes you laugh too. Like, <laughs> like what? But what would you say if that happened? <laughs> you know, you just be like in disbelief, like, "Whoa!" And um, I just I think he's great in this movie. I don't think we like give him enough credit for everything he's in. He's like one of those really good character actors that Ray Winston, yeah, over yeah, okay. here at, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's pretty famous here. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a, he's a famous. Yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you. Definitely, I think he's he's a he's probably uh, he's a, maybe a lead actor over here. You know, I was because uh, I was just taking debate at the character actor aspect, but um, he, he could be classed. He could sell a show or a film over here. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This this doesn't have to go to the show, but do you remember when that guy was uh, dying on the? So they have the. Right after Marshine dies, and then the cops have yeah. a shootout with his gang. And then there's a guy on the couch, and he calls over Leo, and he's like, uh, "And he knew it I, was him." Yeah, I made a mistake. I gave you the wrong dress, and you still showed up at the right one. And he's like, "You want to know why I didn't tell him? You want to know why I didn't tell him?" And then he dies. Was he also uh, undercover, or was he like, "I didn't want to do that to you. I also have remorse for killing people, and I don't want anything to happen to you." Like, what? What was that scene about? Well, they blamed him. Didn't. Well, they said on TV he was an undercover cop. And then there was a conversation afterwards where people were saying, oh, they've just pinned it on him, so we've stopped looking for the undercover cop in our ranks. So, yeah, I don't know. It's ambiguous, I guess. But I thought he was probably an undercover cop. There's also in the beginning, is it him, though, in the beginning where he punches out his teeth and then when he goes back into the office, like Martin Sheen and Mark Wahlberg are like, hey, he's an undercover cop, the guy's. Who you oh, your yeah. teeth out of. So I think it was that guy, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So I think he was an undercover cop the whole time. But I think, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, I think Nicholson yeah, thinks. I think Nicholson knows there's still another rat in his unit. Mm-hmm. So he, that's why he says, like, the cops are saying this, so they don't want us, or they want mm-hmm. me to stop yeah. looking for the rat. Basically, yeah. Yeah, that was a surprise at the end too, where he has the other cop, and he's like, "What do you think?" Costello only had one guy on the inside like I'm also like like Matt Damon and his buddy like they didn't even know they were both talking to Costello and that's how secretive everything was. I like if you do like a a rewatch it is there are a lot of payoffs for rewatches because so James Badgedale who is the other Costello rat in the police unit he's like partnered up with Matt Damon and um, there's a scene in the beginning where they go to this house uh, this mother's son had just died and Matt Damon's pretending to try to get information from her about Costello or whatever. And his partner, James Bastio, is with him. And then Costello walks by and there's a tail behind it, but Matt Damon doesn't say anything. So he doesn't say anything until he gets back into the office. And I think 
Jack Nicholson is testing out the loyalty mm-hmm. of James Badgedale because he said, why didn't you call me? And he's like, because I was with my partner. And he's like, yeah, you could have called me then, though, to seeing if that guy had said anything to Matt Damon about you. Oh, him. that's really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. There's a lot Queen of... Queen of the rewatches. Yeah, there's some really yeah. cool things to catch on. Because, like, I yeah, this movie... Yeah. There's still things that I'm like, what the hell just happened? And but it is a lot of fun, like rewatching. You're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's cool. I right. like that. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just gonna put my cards on the table. You're Ooh. never rewatching this. I would rewatch this movie. Oh wow! Yeah, wow, wow, you wow, got wow. me, Mikey, with another Martin Scorsese film. Wow. I think it, I think Kate would like this. Uh, she didn't watch it with me, um, but I think we could watch this one together. It's got uh, good actors in guns stuff like that i liked it i thought it was good i thought it was funny i was laughing um especially at marky mark and some of the line delivery this is beautiful i was so so enamored with some of the shit coming out of his mouth i'm the guy Uh, that does his job you must be the other one (laughs) (laughs) and i'm just like i I wrote down he's the worst mentor in the history of mentors (laughs) isn't he just fucking dreadful but he's loyal and that's why i like in the end he's super he's the loyal he's super loyal isn't he that's actually the new rating for movies i think like if you would rewatch it because sometimes i watch a movie be like excellent movie i'm never watching this again though and Especially whether two and a half hour ones <laughs> yeah it felt fast it went fast like i said yeah it did go fast but yeah that that that's where i'm at well um marcy you've seen it a million times before so you like this movie yeah i've right? seen it a bunch i just think well like what mikey was saying about when he was watching it last night, he's like, ah, I'll just watch a couple scenes. And then he like ended up watching the whole movie. I think this is one of those movies that like, if it's on TV, it's like Jurassic Park for me. If it's on TV and like, you're like, I don't care what scene it is. I'm just going to finish the movie now. I have to finish. I'm just going to continue watching it. Like I, like even I watched this once and then I watched a little bit again of it last night. Um, but the other night I was finishing it and Dan came home from work and I was like, it's almost the end. He's like, that's fine. And he sat and watched the end of it with me because he likes this movie a lot too. And it's, I just think that that goes to show like the rewatchability power, like where you're like, ah, I don't care. I, what, what scene it's on. I'm just going to finish the movie now. So I think that says a lot. Yeah. I was thinking like this movie, Kill Bill, Star Wars movies, like if they're on, I'm just, I'm watching until the end. These, this is one of those movies. And yeah. also my, I think it, even though the I- ending is so sad. Um, I think for me, the ending is a little bit like not sad because, again, I was 16 when I saw it and I was like, whoa, you can do that in a movie. And I was totally, no pun intended, blown away. So I just (laughs) couldn't believe that happened. So now whenever I see it, I'm like, remember how much this shocked you the first time you saw it? So I couldn't even like process like grief or anything. I still just think about the first time I saw this movie and how like i just couldn't believe you could do that to a main character <laughs> yeah i remember um I, there was a moment when people started dying and i was like oh the <laughs> departed the departed the departed the departed with my khaki <laughs> khakis um, with my khakis <laughs> but mikey yes this must be the most undercover movie in the history of undercover mm-hmm. movies. So you yeah. have hit a home run. All the bases were loaded mm-hmm. in the ninth innings. That's right, isn't it? That's right. A good Perfect. baseball term. You Everybody did that. Was undercover. You yeah, did it. Everybody. 
this undercover <laughs> mix was smashed out of the park with this film. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mikey. Do you want to say anything? Mikey, any closing thoughts? Summarize this. Would you guys, I mean, they talked about a sequel. Um, not talked about it, but it was like one of those things that came up and I said, absolutely not. How could you do anything? Is there any even room for a sequel to you guys? You know what that makes me think of? Do you know what they're doing right now is being made? Avatar um, 3. That. <laughs> but they're making Heat 2. And Heat is the oh, movie where it's yeah, like... Right. But yeah, Michael yeah. Mann wrote Heat to the book. And it's like oh, a wow. prequel and a sequel. But you're going to have to like... But they are making it a movie now also. But it's just like one of those things like... I'm sorry. You don't need a sequel to Heat. You don't need a sequel to The Departed. Um, that's mm-hmm. just... I think these movies are fine. Like maybe if no. it's like a straight to streaming or straight to video movie, maybe. But like, I don't know. I don't need a sequel yeah. to The Departed. I like, I like how it is. We'll make money. It would make That's money. All that matters. That's all that matters. No, no sequel for me. Thank yeah. you. I'll stick with Rise of the Nugget. <laughs> Save it for Trainer in the Pod down the road. <laughs> Save it for the pod. Yeah, there we go. That was The Departed. I had a real good time. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mikey P. Now is the part of the show when we have to pick songs, what we thought of when we were watching this film, or maybe what we thought of three or four days after watching this film in a blind panic, knowing we had to pick songs. <laughs> and we pick a song and we add it to the movie mixtape playlist and create our own mixtape of songs for the movie mixtape that we're also manufacturing and if you click in the show notes or look in the show notes you can click on the spotify link to our playlist okay marcy do you want to go first just because i have to find why i've written down mine let me let me rip this bandit off so some of us couldn't decide a song until two minutes before recording (laughs) maybe it was who knows uh, but hmm. I went with a song called Oh Devil by Electric Guest. Do either of you know this song? Mikey, do you know no. that song? No. So it's a it's a fun it's a fun song. I it, I don't know, I like I like Electric Guest a lot, but I went for it because of wow, lines in the song. Haha. <laughs> um but it goes, Oh devil, I'm back for a while till I pick up the phone, look for your number and dial. Oh, devil, I made my own hell, and deep inside, I'm sure I got here all by myself. Cut the stream, Mikey. Cut yeah, the that's stream. That's good. I'm sick of it. Me too. Always knowing what that's the bloody fire. words to songs are. It's like Spotify <laughs> gives them to you, you or something. That's wild. <laughs> it was sound. I can't wait to listen to that. I enjoyed your Hungry Ghost song from last episode. That, that was, was like good. one of the first songs I ever shared with you, buddy. Thank My, uh, Marcy. I'm doing the bit for the flipping show. <laughs> Marcy, Gee whiz. keep up. Keep up. Gee whiz. <laughs> 
I'll go next because we save Mikey to last because it's his movie. So I wanted to pick an Irish band, of course, <laughs> naturally, because of this being all about Irish stuff. And the band I went for is called New Dad, which I thought was appropriate because Frank is Colin's new dad. <laughs> and then the song is called I Don't Recognize You, which is what Leo says to himself in the mirror every morning when he's undercover. So that's why I've gone for New Dad, I Don't Recognize that's You, nice. which is a bunch of dreamy indie good. pop. Okay, that was, that was great, Derek. Uh, <laughs> <my pick. laughs> um, Thanks. So I, I, you. I, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> oh, I wrote down that. I wrote that one down, actually, yeah. <laughs> What did, where is it? Where have I written it down? Maybe, maybe not. Go fuck yourself. What is it? Maybe. What he is says it? Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Fuck, maybe fuck yeah. yourself. <laughs> maybe um, I like when it's like, my theory about Fez is treat him like mushrooms. Give him shit and keep him in the dark. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have a losing streak going on. I had like a couple wins in a row and then Marcy's been bringing it up. I'm sure she's wearing winning. People are finally listening to the songs I'm suggesting. Yeah, I think that's what it is. So I did the same thing. I said, I want to really hone in on what I'm feeling about this movie and, and the lyrics. Um, one with the song, Ghetto Boys, Mind Playing Tricks on Me. couple verses, um, and the first verse is, to me, Leo's character, because it talks about um, sort of not being able to sleep at night, having these things replay in his mind about bodies being burned and things like that, and unable to sleep, and there's some paranoia in there as well. Verse two is more Jack Nicholson's character because it's a little more braggadocious and it's talking about um, uh, killing somebody. He thought they had a thing of coke and it ended up being flour, but it's more um, continuing that that idea of paranoia. And then the third lyric, the third verse, is like Matt Damon's character because it's talking about um, there's a lyric in there talking about a girl that was trying to help him. And he now she's living with somebody else and he realizes he loves her. And so these, this whole theme of paranoia and mind playing tricks on you and, and not being able to sleep at night. I think all these characters were living in the same world and going about it, um, having different reactions to it. They were all stressed out, but they were behaving in different ways. And I think that song kind of uh, embodies the, um, the multiple personalities, I guess, of going through this. I'm popping in the clip when the wind blows. Every 20 seconds got me peeping out my window. Investigating the joint for traps. Taking my telephone for text. I'm staring at the wall and on the corner. It's fucked up when your mind's playing tricks on you. Beautiful. Mikey P, that's. That feels like some kind of PhD level um, song submission. I said it was a PhD level song <laughs> yes. submission. The bring it, Mark. You guys are bringing it. Every but week, Mikey, every don't week I hear your song sleep with your patience. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if you're that type of doctor with a PhD, you can sleep. You can. You don't have patience, Marcy. So, <laughs> okay, that's just not that type of doctor. You're not a medical doctor. But if you are a doctor and you have slept with your patients, why not write to us? Our email address is the movie mixtape pod at gmail dot com. Okay. Uh, no emails this week, but Marcy, you had a message. We had a message. Do you want, you want to get into yeah, it? Yeah. So after last year, you and I, we did uh, How Have You Not Seen This Mix? And our collectively shared movie was The Sting, starring Paul Newman and Robert Redford. And John Coates, after that episode, wrote an email suggesting some Robert Redford movies to us. Well, he was kind enough to write back in to let us know that um, Electric Horseman, which was one of the movies he recommended, is now on Netflix. So I will be checking that out. And thank you, John. And also, I just wanted to give a shout out because James and John, they're brothers, and their new comic is out, um, Galaxy Gods. I got my copy. It's pretty badass. You guys should go check it out. We'll post a link to their comic shop in the notes. Dino Beasts is the name of their website, isn't mm-hmm. it? DinoBeasts.com, probably, probably. <laughs> but John sent me that message, looked it up on Netflix, all a heart of flutter, and it's not even on the UK Netflix. You know what? But we at least get uh, Hulu mixed in with our Disney Plus, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> John, it's a good thing. I got my copy too, and I also want to give a shout out to his Patreon because he had an awesome gimmick where I'm, I'm so mad that he's doing that. I can't wait for this, but he's doing... Uh, Ninja Turtles and the Warriors mashup in a comic. And I'm like, that is genius. I would pay so much money to see this. I can't. I hope he finishes this comic. It's so good. So I'm, why I'm, don't you I'm, stop doing your comic bid and go help them out and fund that? <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. I'm waiting for it. I am. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, yeah, thank you for whoever gets in touch with us here at the Movie Mixtape, be it through email, be it through private message, be it through Carrier Pigeon. If you want to do us a real big favor and you enjoy the show, why don't you just tell a friend at the bus stop or when you're having a pint down the pub or maybe when you're walking your dog around the dog park, just tell someone about the movie mixtape. That would go down a real treat. But now we're at the part of the show. It's the third episode in a mix. So that means we get to the movie mixologist's cocktail shaker pick. Absolutely on brand. Don't tell me that's not on brand. That's very on brand, okay? Mm-hmm. You're the only one that now, knows how up. to say it all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where we put, we we will put all of our names into a cocktail shaker, and Mikey P will shake it all up like he's want to do, and one name will be splurted out, and that person <laughs> will get to pick the final movie of this mixtape. Yes, you ready? Ready to get splurted Mikey? on? Mikey? Yes. Yes. Shake that cocktail. There we go, <laughs> baby. <laughs> oh, sorry, I missed. I, dri- I dribbled. All right, you ready? Here we go. That cocktail looks really nice. And oh, what name wow. has been splurted? Can I share my the- screen? Top. Can I share my screen? Yeah. The winner is Marcy. <gasps> really? Oh. Are you did you just submit my name yeah. three times? <laughs> We're each on there twice. So we each have two turns. Two, um, <gasps> I did two. I really wanted this. 
Mm-hmm. Yay! We re- we Happy birthday really to me! It's not for six it. more months, but we did it. <laughs> okay. So Marcy, Marcy, first time. I'm really yeah. As the as the person <laughs> been splurted out. How do you feel? I'm actually really excited <laughs> because I really love this movie. It's a really fun movie. I think you both have seen it though. And Dirk right. and I have been playing this game where I've been trying to give him clues as to what it is, but he hasn't been able to guess it yet. So. Uh, can I have a clue? Yeah, Give me one, one of those clues. See, you want, I, can get it. I have three genres for it. Mm. Do you, three genres. Okay. Do you want the three genres? One at a time. Historical. Make it dramatic. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Comedy. Uh, okay. Drama. The naked gun. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready? Back to the Future Three. <laughs> Close. So I love the World War II era. We're going back 2009 mm. in Glorious Bastards. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Have you both seen it? I know Mikey's you seen it. Dirk, have you seen it? Oh, my God. You have seen okay. it. Just making sure. Mm. Just making sure. I. Uh, it was It was actually on my mind as a potential really? <laughs> Mine too. Mm-hmm, 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 so mm-hmm. I think this movie is amazing and hilarious and very dark and... Uh, We'll, we'll get into it. Speaking of Brad Pitt, hey, look at us in the baton after Brad Pitt. Well, it's almost like we've got some kind of podcast <laughs> telepathy. <laughs> well, join us next time here on the Movie Mixtape, and we will be doing Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> see you then. Bye. 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 Suck on that. Oh, hold on, let's see. Suck on that, you suck. No, that's not it. Hold on. That's what it. That's country it. was that? That was Mr. T. That was like Australian, I think. <laughs> Blimey. Let me suck on that. No, hold on. That's... I'm going to die. Suck on that, you suckers. I'm going to die. Blimey. <laughs> that's what you said. <laughs> Mixtape is a podcast hosted by Dirk, Mikey P, and me, Marcy. Episodes edited by Dirk and Marcy. Show art by Mikey P. Our logo comes from Iron Tooth Design. Follow us on Instagram at the underscore movie mixtape or email us at the movie mixtape pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. When we play Harry Potter all the time, me and the kids, they always like my they always laugh at my Ron. I go, Blimey, Harry. And that's, that's, that's really that's bad. bad. <laughs> that's unfair. That's unforgivable. Then cut it out of the show, Marcy. You just insulted <laughs> Russians, and I'm can't I can't even have fun. But at least I sound like I'm from Russia. I don't sound like Blimey, I'm from some place. That doesn't sound like Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you said okay, "blimey, blimey." You don't, you don't, I don't know what you said. Just think of I sound like um, what's his name, Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins, right? Mm-hmm. He's got a perfect British accent. Cool blimey, Gavda. What's in your winkles, mate? Up your cockles. (laughs) Mary Poppins.